Hello, welcome to We Know Nothing, where we know absolutely nothing. And today we are going to get into a lengthy discussion about a wonderful book titled The Four Agreements. So let's just dive right in. So The Four Agreements was written in 1997 by a fellow named Don Miguel Ruiz, who is a Mexican author that focuses mainly on Toltec spiritualism. The first chapter talks about Toltec knowledge from thousands of years ago. Now the Toltecs were scientists and artists who formed a society to pass down practices and knowledge throughout generations. For a while though, European conquest kind of snuck right in there and almost destroyed this knowledge. But luckily, because it was passed down from generation to generation, we now have the knowledge that we can study today. Now the next segment is called The Smoky Mirror and it tells a story of a man about 3000 years ago who went out from a cave, looked up at the stars and kind of had a revelation. And I'm gonna read a quote here. Let me put on my spectacles. Sorry, I'm practically blind, so don't mind the reflection in these glasses. He looked up at the sky and said, I am made of light. I am made of stars. And he realized that stars don't create light, but rather it's the light that creates the stars. And he said also, everything is made of light and the space in between isn't empty. So he came to the conclusion that everything is God. Fascinating stuff. He also came to the conclusion that everything is a mirror that reflects light. So essentially, the whole entire world, everything around you is an illusion. <laughs> Imagine it like The Matrix, the movie The Matrix, where in reality, it is just an illusion to the people in The Matrix. It's all just like a program. That's kind of what this is saying here, that the physical reality around us is simply an illusion. The next chapter talks about the domestication and the dream of the planet. And it's really talking about perception and that we are constantly dreaming whether we're awake or asleep. It really is just about how our minds are formed, like our reality. So I'm actually going to read an entire paragraph just to have you get a better understanding of what he's really talking about. So I need my spectacles again, here we go. <laughs> the dream of the planet is the collective dream of billions of smaller personal dreams, which together create a dream of a family, a dream of a community, of a city, a dream of a country, and finally, the dream of the whole of humanity. The dream of the planet includes all of society's rules, its beliefs, its laws, its religions, different cultures, and ways to be, its governments, schools, social events, holidays. I mean, the list goes on. Essentially what he's saying is it creates everything. The dream of the planet, what we see around us, what we are perceiving, it's all just one big encompassing thing and it's all an illusion. <laughs> So, 
The domestication essentially is us playing out our roles. So imagine a baby being born and they are shaped by their environment. They are shaped by their parents' beliefs and how they want their child to be. They are shaped by society's beliefs when they go to school, how they should act, basically who you should be. You are kind of just created by all those before you. It's, it's a very common thing. It's just a cycle that has been happening for thousands of years. But imagine the trap that that can cause. We can tend to go on autopilot and not really realize that like we are creating our own realities. So the domestication, imagine a domesticated cat or domesticated dog or whatever, any animal. You're training them, right? You're training them to be domestic, that's what he's talking about here. And it seems so obvious, but yet people just let it happen. It's kind of terrifying. Like I've, I'm sure many of you have felt the autopilot sensation of I'm just moving along, doing what I'm supposed to be doing in society. And it makes you feel a certain kind of way. So in the book, I'd like to have a little bit of a maybe debate about one of Ruiz's statements. He essentially claimed that we didn't choose this life. Now, I've heard from several other people that their belief is that we did choose this life. So ponder that a little bit. Did we choose to be here? Is there some type of higher consciousness, higher being, I don't know, like a a system in which we did choose this life, yet we have forgotten where we came from? Or did we not choose? Is it completely random? Hard to say. See, in this book, I feel like Ruiz is very matter of fact about these things, which makes a lot of sense. If he's taking things from Toltec knowledge, he's applying it into his own life and telling people, this is what it is, this is how it should be. That can get a little tricky, a little dangerous. What I'm saying here is that, do we really know all the answers? We know nothing. <laughs> so that is something I'd love for the comments to kind of have a little debate about. Did we choose this life? Didn't we? I don't know. I keep tapping this microphone. I am not used to having a microphone here. <laughs> but besides that little tangent, the rest of the chapter goes on to talk about judgment and fear. Now, judgment is just a whole big mammoth monster thing to even go into, but I think we all know what judgment is, right? Everybody judges. You kind of have to judge certain things. Judge your perception of reality. You know, imagine a very basic judgment, like... I'm going to judge whether or not it is safe to drive outside. Maybe it's like raining really hard. I need to make that judgment, right? That's very basic. But then we can go into the judgment of others and, oh, you, your dress is so ugly, you know, just like such mundane baloney, am I right? Um, but another thing he really dives into is fear. And fear is what drives so many people in such a bad way. We are controlled by fear. Fear is something that just takes over and it seems like you can't get out of it because you're afraid of so many things. You're afraid of judgment. You're afraid of failure. Just fear, fear, man. What a, what a little bitch. With all that being said, let's get into the first agreement, which is probably the most important one. And it is called be impeccable with your word. 
Now, what does that mean? Be impeccable with your word. It essentially means everything you say and even think is extremely powerful, extremely important. Imagine affirmations, right? You, you tell yourself good things like I am confident. I am beautiful. I am this, I am that very, I am right. Because you want to kind of train your subconscious and tell other people, this is what I am. And this is what I'm going to portray. And this is what's going to manifest. And that is very, very powerful stuff. I mean, imagine going up to someone and saying, you look, you look beautiful today, rather than saying, you look really ugly or ridiculous or something like the power of the word is, is insane. I mean, think of how many times you've gotten your feelings hurt by what has, what someone has said and even thought processes. I mean, come on, imagine you are in a constant state of thinking really good, positive thoughts. Now that's not always going to happen. We're human. Sometimes we have negative thoughts. Sometimes negative things happen around us and it's not always going to be positive, but imagine if it was like a very continuous positive state of mind and then the words that come out are also very good and like things are just flowing happy good times good times right but again bad times happen too that's okay polarity so i'm gonna read another quote ruiz quotes uh from the bible here in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word is god from the book of john now that right there in itself very powerful words the word is god the word <laughs> like i don't know how i can just say this without being like wow this is crazy now you might not believe in Christianity, the Bible, whatever. That's fine. I do think there is a lot of really, really wise teachings from the Bible that I think anyone could benefit from. So let's take the very popular metaphor of gardening. So the mind is very fertile ground, right? You're planting seeds constantly with what you are consuming in reality you watch something on TV, let's say the news, and it's really negative, and you're putting that into your mind, into your subconscious, you're planting that seed of negativity. Now, it's hard to say how that seed will sprout and grow. We don't exactly know entirely until things start to happen. But just imagine that, what you're putting into your garden. What are you putting into your garden? Like, really think about it. <laughs> Think about it with your, your impeccable words and your thoughts here. What is going into your garden? Is it beneficial? Is it nutrients or is it pesticides? You know, like what, what you putting in there, huh? So Ruiz writes, we cast spells all the time with our opinion. An example, I see a friend and give him an opinion that just popped into my mind. I say, hmm, I see that kind of color in your face in people who are going to get cancer. <laughs> if he listens to that word and if he fully believes and agrees with it, he will have cancer in less than a year. Now, <laughs> Ruiz, that's a little presumptuous, but I'm not saying it's impossible. 
So imagine, yes, you tell a person, oh, you look like you might have cancer there. And the person, let's say, gets cancer within a year. I mean, I'm, it's, it's very difficult because a lot of people will be like, well, pfft, that's just coincidence that he said, oh, you look like you're going to get cancer and the guy got cancer. Coincidence is a whole nother ball game. But um, I, I do believe that if you like fully believe in yourself that, um, yeah, I'm going to probably, I probably got cancer, don't I? You're probably manifesting that into your body. Now that's just a personal opinion, belief, not saying that that's fact. I have no idea. But I definitely think it's very powerful. That potentially could happen. A little side note about color and manifestation, since he said the color in your face makes it look like you might get cancer or have cancer, you know, you know, in cancer patients, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Santeria, which for those of you who don't know, is kind of a religion. Uh, it, it really uses color to manifest because color is light and light is frequency. So if you think about it on a energetic frequency level, color can be very, very powerful. So just, just think about that a little bit. I'm going to plant that seed in your brain. Do you think that color can really be a powerful tool in our lives? So opinions from other people really can shape who we are, especially at an early age. The words that we say to anyone really shapes their reality in a sense if they if they allow it basically you know some people will say oh you know i got a, i got a thick skin nothing hurts my feelings but really it is still entering into your subconscious all these words and people's opinions and just everything you really have to filter out and really decide what it is that's going to be important for you regarding the words that are said the words that you read and things like that. But imagine you get angry with someone, right? And you say something really nasty. You say it to that person. That person in turn gets really angry and says something nasty back to you. Essentially, because you were the one first to say something bad, you got something bad in return. Now, I'm not saying that happens all the time. Some people just don't care and they won't say something bad in return. But a lot of times that is the case. So what you're really doing is you're hurting yourself. You're causing yourself unnecessary pain because you decided to say something nasty. You see that cycle there? Like it's kind of the you, you get what you give, right? Be kind to thy neighbor, things like that. So you just have to be more, you know, attentive to what you say. Think about it. That's, you know, that's the biggest saying, like, think before you speak. <laughs> but I do think that is a really good practice. It's really good advice. Because if you're thinking, thinking it out before you say it, you could probably potentially cause less pain and maybe even uplift someone. Ruiz talks about these bad words being said kind of as black magic. Now, I know. Black magic might ruffle some feathers. People might say, oh, black magic. God, no, no, I don't want to. Mm -mm, not touching that. But don't think of it so much as like this terrible thing that's going to curse upon you. It's more so think of it like 
I guess a metaphor or just something that's bad, right? Something that you probably shouldn't do. Don't do that black magic. And um, maybe not gossip so much because he refers to that as poison. Imagine you're poisoning your garden. You're putting them pesticides in there. You are gossiping a lot. Like, here's the thing. <laughs> I've gossiped in my day. I still do every now and then. I feel like, oof, it is such a common thing. I don't particularly want to keep gossiping a lot, but I know that so many people do it. I mean, look at just social media, Twitter. Tw I mean, I don't even have Twitter, but that, I can't even imagine how much gossip is on that platform, let alone any others, you know? It's just so many people do it. But what you're doing is you're, you're enveloping yourself in usually hatred, judgment, things that just aren't really beneficial, things that are kind of, in my opinion, a waste of time. So why are we doing it so much? <laughs> That's the question. Why are we doing such shitty things so often? <laughs> I mean, just think of cancel culture, which is such a big thing right now. If, if someone were to go online or if they just were found out that they had said something, Maybe in their past even, because, you know, people go 10 years back on social media and be like, this person said such a bad thing. And then they try to cancel that person entirely. They try to ruin their life, make sure that they don't have any career opportunities and maybe, you know, make sure that their family and their friends try to hate them. And it's just, it's such a pool of hatred. And it's so sad to see. I mean, there are so many YouTubers, for example, that have been canceled or tried to have been. And I just don't, you know, for a, for a short period of time, I was like, oh yeah, you know, if someone's really a bad person, we should try to make sure that they don't have much of a platform. But then I sat and I thought, but what if people think, I'm a bad person? Even if I don't think it, like, and they try to cancel me. You know, like anyone could be canceled. No one is safe because of that weird social justice thing that's going on. So if you have an opinion that a lot of people don't like, they'll try to cancel you. Very interesting stuff. And our opinions come straight from the ego. That pesky ego is what will get you. It'll get you in trouble. And I think that's the main thing about being impeccable with your word is that do not let your ego get in the way. I know that can be incredibly difficult because we are beings that I feel like thrive on the ego a lot of times. I mean, look at, I, I put on some makeup for this video. I wanna make sure I look decent for a video that's going online. That's the ego and I'm well aware of that. And, you know, maybe one day I'll come on and look like a total slob. But even me saying I'm going to look like a slob is kind of the ego creeping in being like, you think you look like a slob, huh? <laughs> so that one kind of hard to, you know, get rid of in a sense, kind of having an ego death. Very possible. Um, you know, I've always wanted to become like a monk that goes up into the mountains and just meditates every day on top of a mountain and just not have an ego. But, you know little difficult in this day and age. It's fine. <laughs> so essentially, just really pay attention to what you're saying. That is being impeccable with your word. Be the see the thing about impeccable is like, it's almost like perfection. 
but nobody's perfect, right? But you can try your very darndest to say the best things that you can say, right? You're going to slip up probably time to time. You're not going to always say the nicest things. I mean, you might though, and that's good. Good job. Good on you. <laughs> but um, don't don't feel bad if you're not always perfect. Don't 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 worry about that. You're good. And have some self-love, like actually love yourself, change the way your thoughts are going and it'll really change your entire reality. Now, the next agreement is don't take anything personally. This one for me personally is very difficult sometimes, especially for those around me that I care most about. For some reason, my ego is like, I thought you're supposed to love me. <laughs> And then like, it's just, I do take things a little too personally sometimes, but essentially like our ego really gets in the way again. And we, we think we, we assume that everything is about us. We are such selfish creatures. Sometimes those assumptions are so strong in so many scenarios. And a lot of people tend to not ask questions. Guilty. I assume way too much. I'm working on that. Uh, but we don't, we don't ask like why or how, you know, we just go, well, how dare you think this? Like we almost put, we project our thoughts and put it onto other people and say, well, this is clearly what you're thinking, right? And the person's like, no, I've, what do you mean? There's always like that lack of communication there because we're always taking it personally. Ruiz even says, don't take nice things personally, which you might think, what do you mean? If someone says, you know, you look really nice today or that's your smile is so pretty or, you know, just something random, something nice. Uh, your cooking is fantastic. Don't take it personally because, and now this is where, you know, you might disagree with this. But since everyone has their own opinions, their own beliefs, they were raised and programmed a certain way, that's just their opinion. And you can say, you know, oh, thank you, you know, thanks. But don't let it inflate your ego, right? If someone says your cooking's fantastic, don't be like, well, I'm a top chef now, Gordon Ramsay who? Like, that's where it gets you a little in trouble. And a lot of people tend to really think highly of themselves because they always are getting these compliments. So don't take it personally is what he's saying. Like just, you know, say thank you, acknowledge it, right? But don't dwell upon it and be like, I'm top shit. <laughs> um, but another thing too is don't uh, dwell on a bad thing said about you because it's really how you perceive reality. So let's say someone comes up to you and says, you're the dumbest person I have ever met in my life. You don't have to take that. You can know yourself and say, well, no, I'm not. Like you don't have to perceive it as, oh, well, maybe I am dumb. Like, oh, oh it hurts my feelings. Oh. Don't take it personally, right? Because that person just has their own opinion and they're putting it on you. But you have to have your own opinions about yourself. And even the opinions about yourself don't take personally. I know. <laughs> You're like, what? Well then, what, are, what is the point? <laughs> but it really is beneficial to just kind of be neutral in a sense. Just observe what is happening and what you are creating. And obviously do the best that you can with what you are projecting and creating. 
but don't let it get to you in a bad way or even too good of a way. Just kind of, just be. That's what Ruiz is saying. I'm not saying you have to do that for yourself, but it might be beneficial for some people to try that out. Human beings tend to be addicted to suffering. Now, think about it this way. People love watching the news, right? And most of the news is not happy stuff, but people still watch it anyways. It's like they're addicted to it. Or you're watching a psychological thriller or a horror movie or, you know, something that's not the most pleasant typically, but we still are addicted to watch that stuff. Or even, for instance, suffering in the food that we eat. We are addicted to such trashy food. We love it. We're addicted to it. Even though it's causing suffering to our bodies physically, we are, we are just addicted. And because of this, because it's such a such a common thing for just humanity, we kind of help each other suffer. We just accept it. We're like, you know what? This is fine. Everyone else is suffering. No biggie. We're on, we're all on this boat together, right? We should try to better ourselves a little bit more personally. <laughs> Don't take that personally. Just saying. Humble opinions here. But yeah, we, um, we need to work on these things. We need to not love the pain so much <laughs> because we are taking a lot of things way too personally. Now the next agreement is don't make assumptions. We were just talking about assumptions. It goes hand in hand. All of these agreements you will notice flow together. They're all very similar, but they do have their differences. Now a lot of people tend to think that their assumptions are truth. And trust me, trust me here. I thought that a lot of my assumptions were truth. I mean, when you really get into the moment, let's say you're in a heated argument and you just, you have all these assumptions running through your head and you really believe it. Like deep down, you're just like, yep, yep, that's facts, straight up facts, even though it's not. And what really is the truth, right? Everyone kind of has their own truth. So we need to keep asking questions, ask people why they did the thing that they did. You know, why, or ask yourself, why does this upset me or frustrate me or annoy me, whatever. Ask, don't assume. Oh, I, you know, I just was, I still to this day struggle with it so much. These things are things that need to be worked on constantly. It's not like a one and done, like, oh, pff, I did that once, good to go. No, it's like a continual work on yourself and try to put these into practice every single day type of situation. So the cycle that happens is that we assume something, right? We assume what the person is thinking or doing. And then we take that personally because we believe it's true. And then because we take it personally, typically we tend to say something about it with our word, right? So we're combining the first three agreements right there. Bang, bang, bang. It's just, it's a triple whammy disaster, what we're doing to ourselves and to others. And we do it out of fear. Going back to fear. That is, that is the main drive of people is they are afraid of being, you know, embarrassed. Their pride flares up. They don't want to be a failure. They just are, just, it's just all about them, right? It's just like a selfish way of being. 
and we want to know things. We don't, we don't like the unknown, typically. We want to feel safe. So that is typically why we do assume that safety net of, okay, well, you know what? If I have this in my head and I think I really know what's going on, then I feel a little better, right? Like, oof, you know, the unknown, a little, a little spooky there. But that's why a lot of people do it. They're just scared. And it's understandable. Like, it's okay to be scared. But we could definitely work on these things. I mean, these things are not impossible to work on, right? We can, we can really try to be better with all of these things that we do on a daily basis. I think the biggest thing that we need to stop assuming is that we can change people, right? Because the thing is, yeah, sure, you can, you can change someone. That's not impossible. I don't really think anything's impossible. But should we? That is the question. Should we want to change people? Should we just in general change someone, right? But you'll say, oh, but, but, but I'm changing them for the better. For the better for you? Is that in your mind, your opinion, your belief that it's better? I think what we need to start doing more is let people figure things out for themselves the best to their ability. I mean, obviously we're all influencing each other, but I think a lot of us assume that we can change people. We're like, oh, you know what? This person's a piece of shit. So let me work my magic and we'll be good to go. But then are you really letting them grow or are you shaping them to be how you want them to be? Now there's a sentence in this chapter, which I'm going to read that I really disagree with. So let me just put the spectacles on and we will take a little look-see here. If all humans could communicate in this way with impeccability of the word, there would be no wars, no violence, no misunderstandings. Now, I humbly disagree. The only reason why I disagree is, okay, let's say, you know, you stop assuming and you be very impeccable with your word. You're not assuming anything, you're not taking it personally, you're, you're saying all the right things. Ruiz is claiming that there would be no wars, no violence. I don't know about that. Because sure, you might still be able to say things in a good, in a good way, but people are still going to be violent. They're also there, I feel like, there might still be misunderstandings. That's kind of human nature. There is just violence. I mean, even in the animal kingdom, there is violence, like a natural kind of way. Like for instance, a lion will kill its meal. That's kind of violent, right? So I think violence, I, I, don't, I don't know if that's gonna go away. I don't know about that. <laughs> Let me know in the comments what you think because that to me is a very, very decisive statement of, okay, well, if you do this, then clearly violence will never exist again. I don't know, a little odd. Now the fourth and final agreement is very, very simplistic. It is always do your best. Now you're thinking, well, duh, of course, I'm always gonna do your best, obviously. But think about it. Your best changes throughout your entire life. Let's take, for example, you're working towards a successful career. You're doing your best, the best that you can possibly do to get this career, to be successful with it. But then maybe later in life, you know, you don't really have a career career anymore. Maybe you're retired 
And you kind of just want to focus on being content, being happy, living your life. Your best is always changing. Even maybe let's say when you're trying to get this career, maybe you have a total 180 and you want something completely different. You don't want that specific career anymore. So then you're focusing on something else or building your own business or whatever. Your definition of doing your best will always be different. And that's okay. That's just natural for constant change throughout our lives. But the thing is, we put too much expectation on what our best is, right? We are so attached to the outcome of something. We want it to be successful. And if it's not a certain way, then we failed. No, don't think of it like that. Like that's, mm, that'll just make you really discontent in life to like always be really striving so hard. And then let's say you even do get it. But when you get it, it's like, oh, okay. What do I do now? Like, oh, that was, that was great. Like, hmm, whatever. You know, like just don't, don't think so much of what you're trying to go for and think like, this is it. This is gonna, this is my big break. Like, this is be the best thing in the world. Cause I don't know, that's just, you know, it's unfulfilling in certain kind of ways. Not saying that it's not good to have goals. Definitely good to have goals. Just don't be so attached to them is what I'm saying and what Ruiz is saying. But hey, you do you. If you want to be stressy, stressy all the time, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, that's something that uh, if it works for you, okay. <laughs> a big tip is letting go of the past. In order to do your best in the present moment, you need to let go of the past that's holding you back. Obviously the past is a learning experience throughout your life. You learn as you go and you use your past knowledge to propel yourself forward into the future. But I think what we're forgetting between the future and the past is the present. A lot of people don't tend to live in the present and you're not enjoying the present moment. Again, good to have goals. Do not get me wrong there. But don't let the past hold you tight and don't let the future hold you tight. Try to have a decent balance in between them and kind of just live in the now to the best of your ability, of course. The Toltecs taught that the real goal is to transcend the human experience of suffering and pain and become kind of the embodiment of God. Whatever God is to you, imagine that. Becoming the embodiment of just this, oh, you know, no more suffering. <laughs> that is what the Toltecs believed. I think it's, it's pretty good advice, you know? Try your very best to be the very best, but not in like a toxic way, obviously, you know, cause you're not perfect. You're gonna mess up. You're not gonna have all these four agreements down to the fucking science because guess what? That pesky human experience coming right in like a fucking wrecking ball. It's okay though. Like don't, don't let that get to you. Who knows? Maybe some, some people who try this and practice this will really become so proficient that eventually it's just their life and you, nothing even affects them. Like they are perfect in the ways of these teachings. Not saying that that's going to happen again, humans, but if we do the best that we can do, 
well, what, what else could we do? You know, there's just not much more there. <laughs> so those were the four agreements. Now we're gonna get into the next chapters. And the next one is breaking old agreements. Now this one talks a lot about freedom. What is freedom? What is freedom to you? And if you can acknowledge your lack of freedom in your own life, you can tend to manipulate, manipulate, <laughs> manipulate the ways in which you aren't free in order to become free. And it's really just about the choices you make and also realizing your own personal responsibilities and realizing that we do have a sense of responsibility in a lot of ways, mainly for ourselves, but also let's say you have a family, you've got responsibilities there. You are born into societies in which you have certain responsibilities, right? Now these responsibilities to a lot of people can tend to be like a prison where it's like, oh, my responsibility, I gotta pay my taxes and I gotta go do this and I like, that I understand, like, don't get me wrong, it is frustrating. But because we are born in where we are now, in this time and space, if you believe in that kind of thing, <laughs> um, we do have responsibilities that we need to acknowledge, but also we can change and work around and kind of create our own perception of reality and not have it be so that we think, oh, I'm trapped in this, but more so I'm playing the game. I'm working with what I've got and working towards the best that I can do. Always do your best. We need to eradicate the parasite of fear. We need to work on ourselves, believe in ourselves, believe in what we can do. And it'll, it'll, it'll break all those old agreements. If we just have a little bit of belief in ourselves, whew, think of the things we could do. I mean, come on, even for myself, I'm just thinking like, let me tell you what, this channel, oof, took a long time to come into fruition, months upon months, because I was afraid, because I didn't believe in myself, because I thought, you know, I don't think I'm good enough, and you know, it's just, it's a lot of work, and oh God, you know, I had all these fears, I didn't believe, but finally, <laughs> Finally, I thought, you know what? Fuck it, I'ma do this. I'ma do it and I'ma do it good. <laughs> and I'm having a grand time here. So really, if you believe in yourself, in anything you want to achieve, come on, come on, just try it. Even if it doesn't work out, move on to the next thing. Remember, we're in constant state of change and that's a good thing. Don't expect to break years and years of domestication in just one day. Now again, I don't believe anything is impossible. You could break it in one day. That would be amazing. Please let me know if you did that. But it's gonna take a while. Microphone. <laughs> it's going to take a while to break all of your old habits to start new ones. Don't beat yourself up for it. It's pretty natural and normal that it's not gonna happen in the blink of an eye. That's okay. Do your very best to control your emotions. That is one thing that could really help you break a lot of your bad habits is to kind of acknowledge the emotions that come up. For instance, lately, I'll give an example of myself. I have been really trying to analyze my anger and frustration and annoyances. So whenever it comes up in my head, 
instead of reacting right away, which is what I have typically done in the past and sometimes still do, working on it. But instead of reacting initially out of anger, I will analyze that thought process in my head and think and ask myself, why am I angry? What's going on here? And I'm trying to reprogram the way I do things and the way I think just by asking myself questions and kind of trying to diffuse the situation in my own brain <laughs> before it becomes a situation out in reality. Well, reality. And it's, it's been very helpful, I will admit. So if you can control to the best of your ability, your emotions, super, super beneficial, super. And one more thing about breaking old habits. Now this is what Ruiz explains, that death can be a motivator. Now I believe this to be very true. Imagine that saying YOLO, you only live once. Now I don't necessarily agree with that personally, um, but we don't have to get into that. But think of it like that mentality where it's like, all right, you know what? One day I'm gonna die. <laughs> and if that's the case here, I better do everything that I can do. I better get rid of all this shit, break all these terrible habits and really just live. You know, what would you do if you found out you only had like a day or two to live? What would you do? I always love thinking about that. It's such a fascinating concept because think to yourself, really, what would you do? Would you go and travel? Well, I mean, you know, if you wanted to travel the world in two days, that'd be a little difficult with flights, but it, I'm just saying, what would you do? Think about it. So my camera died, technical issues here. It's okay though. Don't really know what I said, where I left off, but we're gonna move on to the final chapter, which is heaven on earth. And in this, you just need to forget everything that you know. I know, kind of sucks, right? Forget everything you know, everything that's in that brain rumbling around, forget it all. Wipe it clean. Slate is crispy clean. Crispy? Uh, I, I don't know. But yes, we're gonna forget everything we know because we are creating our own reality. Imagine in first person point of view. So as if you are the person seeing what's going on around you. Just imagine your own personal heaven, right? You are walking around this reality, imagine in your brain, you're kind of just changing the way you see everything, the way you perceive it. It is your heaven. You go outside, the birds are singing, the wind is blowing in the leaves, like it's all just so beautiful and magical and great, right? Basically you are, I don't know if you can hear that in the background. <laughs> oh, fucking technical difficulties. But um, yes, basically just create your own heaven. If you don't even believe in heaven, you just know the idea of heaven, which is something just so great and fantastic, a, a wonderful place to be. That's what you're creating for yourself. Love is in all things. Now, Moses of the Bible called this state of mind the promised land. Buddha called it Nirvana, Jesus called it heaven, and the Toltecs called it the new dream. That's what this perception of reality is going to be. It's going to be your version of what is perfection, essentially, and your perfection, tap, could have imperfections in it. That's, that could be your version of perfection. It is, 
It is your perception. Let's get that hammered in. You're creating it. There's going to be lots of factors in it because other people are creating their own dreams at the same time that you're creating yours. But really, it's just don't take it personally. Do the best that you can do. Don't assume and be absolutely impeccable with what you say and even what you think. Seems easy enough, but can be a little difficult. So practice makes perfect, am I right? Now the very last chapter consists of prayers, which I'm not going to read. Um, if you're interested though, where's my book? If you are interested, I would highly recommend reading this. I basically went over almost everything that's in this book, but still take a chance, take a chance, take a chance on me <laughs> to read this book. It's really, really good stuff. It's, it's essentially, as it says right here, a practical guide to personal freedom. It, it really can't do you much harm to read it. I mean, you might say, eh, I wasted my time, but I don't know. I think it's good information to kind of just sit with for a while. Think about a little bit. Thank you so much for watching. There's going to be a wide variety on this channel of just lots of things that kind of tickle the brain, you know, make you think about life and this vast universe. So I'm really, really excited to get going on this. This is going to be a really, really fun time for not only me, but I hope all of you as well. So if you wanna do me a solid and subscribe like this video, that would be fantastic. Um, so thank you so much again, and I hope you have a wonderful day.